What up? And welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 233. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. I talk about the Patreon, merch shop, jobs, karma, music artist talk, marketing, Twitter, new albums, uh, Lil B, scams, Bitcoin, audio equipment, producer talk, politics, minimum wage, Trump rally, gay science, and a bunch of other shit in between. Thanks for checking us out. podcast with mo what up uh it is me mo uh so what i'm about to do is give a call to our homie out of missouri that's what i just call him around my house my homie from missouri cj jones uh, but first thing I got to do is tell you about the stuff that could get me paid just a little bit of money, you know, enough to keep this podcast going, uh, which the main thing is patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go there and give me any amount of money a month that well, a dollar or more and get early access to all the episodes. They'll be up typically like the day after I record them, uh, but not always, but generally, you know, a few days early. Um, if you give enough, like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear, and Pow Wow, you can be a co-producer and get shouted out like that on every episode. And then you fucking feel awesome. Uh, they also always pretty much have an open invite to come on the podcast. Not that any of them ever want to. Uh, they don't really seem too interested in that. Um, but anyway, that's that's how that goes. Also... We have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go there, get buy some t-shirts. You can buy, I think they have some hats back in stock. Uh, had tote bags. They used to have mouse pads. They have all kinds of shit. So anyway, um, go check that shit out. All right. Um, so let's give a call to CJ. He has a new album coming out soon. He sent it to me the other day and I listened to it. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't take extensive notes, but I did listen to them. I swear. Um, he has a song with a little B on there. Um, anyway, let's uh, give him a call. Yo, what's up, man? How's life been since the last time I talked to you on here? Not bad. So being in Oklahoma, me being in Missouri, did you guys get a ton of snow today? No, no, no. Uh, at least not where I'm at. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, we got probably like maybe two inches when all was said and done. Like it seemed like so much more. It was just coming down all day. I work primarily outside, so I was not having a good time. Right. Yeah, I'll try to not tell my wife about it. She'll be pissed. Uh, it, about yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? Like I guess a week or two ago, probably two weeks ago. It snowed everywhere in the state except where we were at. Like there was this, like it was a big surrounded. Yeah, it was like a big horseshoe around us. Like my parents live the eye of the storm. Right. Like my parents live uh, two hours south west of us, and then her parents live like an hour north of us, and they both got all kinds of snow, and we got none. It was so funny. It's awesome. So you guys just getting the family pictures from every part of the map, and like, damn it, we we got fucked. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even care. Uh, I don't hate my job these days, so like, I don't, I don't like have to wish for like, oh, I hope my job gets canceled. I know that's a weird feeling. Yeah, and it's not like my dream job, so I don't even want to act like, you know, I'm at the pinnacle. Like, I don't get paid shit or anything. It's just my job is not very stressful and uh, yeah, tolerable. So like, 
you don't have that dread. Right. Whereas in the job I had before I started this podcast, I every day had a knot in my stomach because I hated what I did. I hated everything about it, you know, so. What uh, what were you doing before? It was like at a call center. Um, eventually I became like a, oh, shit. but it was like a, call, not a call center for like a bunch of random shit. It was like, there's this legal company that sells legal insurance. And then like we were answering questions from the members because there's two sides of it. There's the people that bought the like, legal insurance and then they're like, hey, I want to cancel this. And then we're like, you have to send a written request, which also seemed weird because they didn't have to sign anything written request to sign up. So, you know, like all this shit would happen. I just always yeah. felt so like this is a scam. I have a lot of friends that still work there. You know, like I'm not trying to hate or anything, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I just always felt like it was scammy and shit and then like the other sides like the people that sell it and like everything is skewed to just make life really easy for them and these people are just making bank if they're like are good at selling it and like i don't know i was just like i feel like we do so much work and do so so little um but getting fired or let go from there was probably like the best thing that ever happened to me because i fucking hated it (laughs) oh yeah dude that sounds like hell just like that short description you just gave i'm not the type of person anyway like who can sit around like one of my first jobs in high school, I worked at a library and like, I grew up in a small ass town. I'm sure you can relate in Oklahoma, Yeah, like less than a thousand people, small ass town. So like, imagine how fucking slow this library is. And I'm just sitting in there just wishing there was some shit to do. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my town is about at 1800 now, I believe that I grew up in. It was like just under 3000 yeah. when I was born. So it's like slowly just declined. Um, so I get it. Uh, I, my job now has a lot of days where it's just chill, but you know, I can use all that time on our like make believe music and podcast careers. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's perfect. Honestly, like my job now is super low supervision. I'm kind of out and about, like I'm a truck driver out making deliveries all day. So I don't really have anyone breathing down my neck. So there's a lot of freedom like I can do some of my stops quicker than normal and then just have that extra downtime to just hang out, chill in the truck between stops. So it's nice. Might jot down a few lyrics or like fire off a few messages, whatever happens to be going on that day. But I feel like it's a solid balance of working and then just getting maybe even a 10 minute increment here and there to focus on other stuff. Right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Like one thing that's really cool about my job is at like nine o'clock every morning when my coffee runs out, I look at my coworkers and I say, Hey, I'm going to go home and refill my coffee thermos. And they're like, okay. And then I go home get my coffee. I'll just leave on and I refill my coffee thermos. And then I come back to work. How, how far of a drive are you talking? Uh, well, I don't know, like 10 blocks, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so not, what? Like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Far at all. Yeah, it takes gotcha. me about five minutes to get there. And in my job, I have to drive anyway. Like, I have to drive to all these different schools. And, like, my house is right in the middle of them. So, like, it's yeah, not- I was tuning in the other day. I think it was SoCo you were talking about. And you'd mentioned that. You ran into, like, a house fire, basically, on your... Yeah. Just on one random pass through your house. Yeah, I was just uh, going to fill up my thermos with tea. Because in the afternoon, I switched to tea. Well, this... Lately, <laughs> I've, I've uh, moved to water... But yeah, my neighbor's house is on fire and it's still weird. And I don't expect anything. You know, they don't owe me anything. Uh, but like there hasn't even been like a, hey, thank you so much for calling the fire department and saving our house. You know, like there was a, I don't know. And I feel weird even thinking like <clears throat> I deserve that because that's not the way I'm trying to pitch it. But it is like I expected I would talk to them by now, you know, and that's been weeks ago and I haven't 
I feel I sympathize with you on that one. Cause I feel like if I were in those shoes, like if I were your neighbor, I would almost feel compelled to at least say something like introduce myself, like, Hey dude, good looking out something, you know, like the smallest gesture. Right. So, you know, I try not to think about it. Uh, there's so many, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, there's so many moments like that in the world where I'm like, uh, I feel like an asshole for thinking this, but that is where my brain goes. Well, yeah. Well, cause yeah, like to do nothing, you would be the ultimate piece of shit to just watch it burn and walk away. So like, theoretically you did the bare minimum. Like you did kind of what was required of you. Like, Hey, someone's house is burning. Maybe I should fucking make a call. But yeah, there's that still that underlying feeling of like, damn, right. Where's my positive karma? Where? Give me something. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I really do believe in karma. You know, I'm not religious. Me and you talk about that from time to time. We can get into it whenever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that makes me believe in karma, I used to kind of believe in it because it's like somewhat mentioned in like every religion, you know, will have something that's somewhat related yeah. to it. And I was like, well, that's kind of strange. Uh, but I had this job at a grocery store in high school. And uh, the day before I went and took the ACT for the last time that I took it, um, this old lady lost like $300 in the parking lot. And I found it right in this envelope. And I was just like, well, hell yeah, I found $300. I didn't know. I mean, I knew someone lost it, obviously, but I didn't yeah. know who lost it. And then this old lady came back in and she is like, I lost my money and I need money for my heat. And it was like real cold. And she was like November. And uh, I just, you know, because I'm fucking too soft. I was like, here's your goddamn money, old lady. And she just took it and left. You know, I didn't get left 20 bucks or anything cool like that. She just left with her money. And I was like, did the right thing. But then the next day I took the ACT and my ACT score jumped like eight points. And so I've always been like, it's because I gave that old lady her money back, you know, but I know that actually has nothing to do with it. I mean, like, how would that have changed any of the fucking how I answered questions? So, uh, right. It's like you could have fucking used that $300 to pay someone to take it for you or something, you know? Just take the cynical approach, complete cynical approach, like fuck the karma, use her money to somehow raise your score 10 points instead of eight. Right. And actually, I lied. That wasn't the last time I took it. I took the ACT one more time and got it up one more point, And then I felt stupid for wasting another however <laughs> yeah, much dude. money just for it only to go up one point. <laughs> yeah. But the whole, that idea of karma, like to bring that back around, I feel like there's something there. Uh, I don't know how you feel about the idea of like kind of manifesting shit into reality, like almost believing something so heavily that you can make it reality. I feel like karma almost behaves similarly to that idea. Like if you put out a bunch of positive shit into the world, into the universe, it's only natural. Like even if you just have a positive outlook, your good karma might just be seeing the bright side of a certain situation. Yes. Like I'm not... I'm not wired to be positive. I'm never. It's so like if if what is. you're saying is true, you know, because I do see that a lot on Twitter, you know, our Twitter sphere or whatever. I'm doing the opposite. And maybe that's the evidence that it's true because nothing cool's happening for me necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just fucking negative all the time. And I just can't help it. Like, I mean, I can't help it. There's all the times I have today. I, there was three different times I had these long tweets ready to go. And I was like. This is going to come across negative. Someone's going to try to argue with me about some shit. And I just deleted the whole thing, you know, like, so that's, that's what yeah. I have to do. It's just like, I just came and engage with motherfuckers. No matter what those tweets were, someone would have fucking argued. Like you, you've seen how Twitter works. I've been especially annoyed lately with how Twitter works. 
it doesn't matter what message you're putting out there. Someone's going to have the opposite take. And it might just be because I'm reading their words, you know, because like words don't have any emotion. There's no emphasis on how exactly they meant for me to take it. So a lot of this could be on me just reading their words in the absolute worst way possible. But for whatever reason, if someone argues with me on Twitter, even if they're polite about it, I just assume they're a dick. Yeah, well, I just block people really quickly these days. I've noticed um, this solid approach. I don't follow uh, anyone. I I follow three people that I don't that don't follow me. You know, like so it's a very low, very low count. Uh, so I try to try to keep my Twitter curated in a cool way. But yes, every day someone wants to argue about some shit. And what I've really come to do, and I know this is kind of mean, but I'm not going to take any advice from anyone who's not better than me or like not even better, but like more successful, hasn't taken the leap, hasn't they're not making a living off of, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just like, what the fuck do you know, man? Like someone else in my exact same shoes. Like, what the fuck are you telling me? If you're not putting this shit into practice yourself in a way that's beneficial, how are you going to teach me how I can better myself? Right. Well, and also there's just so many paths. Uh, like someone will be like, you can't do it without music videos. And then the next day you'll see someone be like, I got a record deal without a music video. Not saying like a record deal is the goal, but you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, yeah, for sure. It all works different ways. Uh, uh, I know for me personally, um, you know, we can get to your music shit coming out here. Uh, I just really, you know, and I had a friend, I'm not going to like say who it is cause he might not uh, appreciate it. I guess I gave it away. It's a, he, um, that he is kind of feeling down about it because uh, his new music I really like. I've heard it. It's not out, but he was like, you know, I don't know. I don't really think it's really going to happen for me or whatever. And I get the idea. It kind of is to be famous or successful or whatever. Like, yes, that is the dream. And maybe this is again, I should just really dive all in to manifest it. But like I did quit making music for five years in my life whenever I worked at the shitty job and I hated it. Like I just, all, all I thought about was that, but I never had time and couldn't do it. And now that I do do it, it like, it is for more than just like, maybe I'll make a hundred dollars this year or, or whatever. Like it's about, yeah. because like, it's a hobby that I enjoy more than all the other hobbies. And maybe a hobby is the wrong word. Cause people will try to like hate on you for that. But like, yeah, that, it's just another one of those weird labels that people choose to attack. Right. But like what you're saying, like if I didn't do it, I would be pissed about it. Just like I love video games, you know, and people are like, you're kind of old for video games. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I I feel fucking good when I solve goddamn puzzle. You know, like we don't get that interaction in the fucking real world anymore because we're not you know, we've, we've like evolved society up to everything so easy that like I enjoy the challenges of video games, you know, like that's something that uh, does it for me. Um, Anyway, I think about everyone's got something and it's so easy to judge people for what their something is like the same person who judges you because you're wasting time playing video games. They might waste their time doing some other shit. Right. Well, like, honestly, what I normally see, and this is me, I probably being biased and just my own personal, you know, things that happen to me on Twitter. It'll be people that would be like, shit, I wouldn't waste my time on a PS5. I'm making beats all day. I make hundred beats a day. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not any good. Like I've listened to them. Like for <laughs> you, like I personally, and I, I do make shit just about every day. I don't take too many days off. Um, but when I do, and I'm like, you know what, this weekend, I'm not touching music. I normally come back like, and fucking just, I'm killing it. You know, it's like you build up yeah, yeah. the juices and shit. So, um, I think there's well, just me, different like- strategies. 
yeah, I feel like if I force myself to do even something I love, like I absolutely, there's no better feeling for me than like finishing a song from scratch and having a finished product to look at. But even if I force myself to do that too repetitively, I'd start to lose passion in whatever it is. I'm like, I'm, it almost feels like work. If I'm not feeling inspired that day, but I force myself to write, it's not going to end up as good as if it's been maybe a week or two since I've written and I have that sudden burst of enthusiasm or that sudden inspiration that hits me. Like those moments always seem to capture whatever I'm trying to say way better than me sitting down and like forcing myself to do something. Right. Like for me, the beats, uh, you know, I can do those just about every day and it doesn't feel too stressful, but yeah, for yes. the, for writing verses and stuff, um, uh, for instance, I woke up yesterday morning to a beat cell and I was like, fuck yeah. Like there's nothing cooler than waking up to like, Hey, you sold a beat. And, uh, I then yesterday wrote a verse to a song that's been in my like, you know, internet friends three folder that was kind of a more upbeat, fun song. Cause I was like, you know what? I think I'm feeling it today. I woke up to a beat yeah, cell. Right now. I'm on a high. Yeah. It's captured it. And so, you know, I wrote a verse and recorded it and, uh, it all turned out, I thought pretty good. So like if I would have forced that on a day that I wasn't really feeling it, it probably just wouldn't have been as fun. You know, like the verse just wouldn't have been as good. And I'm sure I've done yeah, that before, but. Well, especially on, a subject matter like that where you're intentionally trying to capture like an upbeat kind of feeling. I feel like that more than anything can't be. I, you can't just bring that out of thin air. Like you have to legitimately be feeling upbeat to write about feeling upbeat. Like I can remember sadness. Even if I'm having a great day, I can recall what it's like to be sad way easier than I can recall. Like what it's like to just feel on top of the world. Like, fuck yeah, winning, crushing it, you know? Right. I mean, I will say if I know I'm feeling depressed, like cause some days, uh, like I probably suffer from like some sort of chronic depression. You know, I don't really know the full terms, um, but some days I'll wake up and I'm just like, fuck, for no reason. You know, like and I even know like nothing bad's happened. You know, everything's going fine. But I'm just so yeah. fucking sad. Um, but I know if I write some shit, it'll be more vulnerable, you know, not necessarily sadder, but like I might say some yeah. shit that'll hurt my own feelings, yeah. you know, or whatever. Uh and then I kind of like to play into that. So like, yeah, I think for me writing lyrics, I, I do need to capture the emotion that I'm feeling if I can, you know, that again, that doesn't always work. Um, some songs I have, they're not like about emotion They're So like, you don't necessarily need that, but for like my own solo songs, typically that's how I do it. Yeah. that For solo songs versus collabs, I feel like I almost create this alter ego when I'm doing a collab, like, I tend to be way more creative doing collabs for whatever reason than I am doing my solo stuff. And I wish I could capture that doing my own songs. Cause I, I like the way my collab verses sound compared to some of my own verses or like hooks I've did on collaborations tend to just creep down this weird creative lane that I don't ever venture into on my own projects. And I can't pinpoint why that is exactly. Yeah. I would say like historically with me, I'm the same way. Um, I will say <clears throat> this Friday, the 22nd, uh, after this episode comes out, I do have an EP coming out and the first song on the EP, um, this EP came out a year ago, but I took it down and it's coming back out. But anyway, uh, I, it sounds weird. I make these weird voices that shit I really wouldn't normally do. And I'm almost like listening to it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about already. <laughs> right, like I'll, I go back and listen to it and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to put this out. But then another part of me is like, fuck it. Who cares? Like, 
maybe someone likes it. You know, I don't know. A song where you go kind of high falsetto style. Right. Yeah, exactly. What is it? What is the song? Uh, it's called uh, Smoke a Lot or a Lot of Green. I can't really remember. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and so I remixed that and it's going to be coming back out and I like it. But there is a part of me as like the artist part of me that like is somewhat embarrassed when I hear my voice. And that is, that is cool as shit. I love that. And I relate because if I were to attempt something, because that was super experimental on your part, it doesn't sound like anything else you've ever did stylistically but it works right i was like, listening uh to pharrell on broken record i think it was um which is malcolm gladwell and rick rubin's music podcast and he was talking about the song beautiful and how he hears it and he just hates it because his singing's not on point you know and so I, i'm like even someone as fucking famous as pharrell is like ooh, i don't know about beautiful which is like as my child in junior high was one of my all-time favorite songs where i'd be like beautiful you know like you're gonna all sing that shit but, um dude that's funny because one of my songs actually is the acoustic song that's on this new album i let you listen to i wasn't even gonna release that just because it was such an oddball ass song it doesn't really fit anywhere with any of the rest of my catalog it was just one of those things I sat down one day to write a song and completed it and it felt good to record it. But I'm like, this is fucking pointless. I don't have anywhere I can actually place this, but I've had several people reach out and be like, Oh, I really like that black eyes song. I think that's one of my favorite ones you've did. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I wasn't even going to put this one out, but then people are telling me like, Hey, I really connect with that one. So it's just weird how you is the one who creates stuff. You don't always recognize what's going to resonate with people. And that's just mind blowing to me because it's some shit that I was just going to vault and probably delete even at some point. Right. I, I've seen somebody uh, on Twitter that's a friend of the podcast, you know, so I'm not going to like call them out. Cause I'm not trying to hate or anything, but uh, they're basically mad because someone put their song on a playlist that got a bunch of plays. Right. And now the thing they were mad about was because it was an old song and not a new song. And so now that an old song was their top song. But to me, I'm like, if you didn't ask anyone to do that, then that was a fan deciding yeah. they liked that song. And like, you don't get to choose yeah. who likes what, like that's just out of your hands. Like today, uh, right before we recorded, when I was waiting around, I was making some canvas videos for, you know, Spotify's little videos. And, uh, yeah, while doing that, I was going back and looking at, you know, all these old songs. So I started with my first uh, album I produced called Too Pretentious and uploaded those videos and just have been going like oldest to newest. And I noticed like how few, you know, listens I have on some of these old songs. And it just and then how some song that will have way more. And I'm like, that song fucking sucks. Or like whatever my favorite one is, will have like the least plays out of that. <laughs> I always am. But anytime I expect one of my songs to hit, it's never the one I think it is. Not that any of them hit by any means anyways, but like on the small scale that they do show greater numbers, it's never the one I'm anticipating. Right. It, and again, like I just, to me, I, I try to just not think about it. Like once it's released, uh, you know, and this is also a big problem I have with marketing for me. Like I'm all for like, Hey, pre-save, pre-save, pre-save. And then as soon as it releases, I'm like, did you listen yet? Okay. I won't bother you. It's <laughs> like, yeah. I know. Dude, I hate marketing so much, but I noticed with my little acoustic project, I dropped, I think probably about a year ago. Now the acoustics volume one, 
I did the most marketing for that that I did for any other project. And even though it didn't perform as well as I was hoping, looking at the numbers now, like even something simple like the hyper follow numbers on DistroKid to see how many people like viewed the link, how many people saved it. Just the numbers are through the roof compared to every other release I've had. So like there's proof there that my marketing strategy worked, but I still refuse to a certain extent to do the marketing. It's so like I have to force myself into that, even though there's like proof, actual numbers that show it was effective. Right. I think it's, again, a personality thing. You know, I just think some people... Uh, you know, like they were friends with, they love every day. They'll, they'll share some shit with no, and I'm sure it's like with no sort of thought about it. It's like, this is what I'm here for to fucking share shit. And I do try to share like a link to something every day, but it, it doesn't get responses. Like, you know, when you post, it's hard to stay on top of, because realistically I get caught up in my own head as I'm sure you do. If I make two posts in one day advertising the same thing, I feel like I'm annoying the shit out of people. Me too. Little do yeah. I know that they're following thousands of other people. So like they might not even see some of my posts, but in my mind, I'm just throwing shit in their face, annoying them. When in reality, they're probably just scrolling past and might not even notice it. The, the fucking Twitter algorithm might not even show it to them, period. So I feel like for that's a hurdle we need to overcome. Like, the fear of us like just overwhelming our followers. I feel like it's mostly in our head. Right. Well, I, my fear, I may not have fears the right word, but like that my Twitter followers are generally producers and artists, you know, yeah, that's like, a tough one too. so I share beats cause I make them and I like them and I think they're pretty good, you know, and I'm sure someone out there listens and I know I've made beat sales to people on Twitter. So I know it, I do yeah. need to do it, but it like they get like one like, you know, and then if I go on there and I say some shit about, I don't know, it's just the most random shit, like 12 people will like it. And you're like, well, God damn it. I'm not yeah. here. I'm here to fucking for the beats, you know, like like the beats. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been hard. One of my other Twitter friends, I don't even remember who it was, but at one point I was reading a status like no offense to my musician friends or producer friends, but like, how the fuck do I? How do I get people to follow me who are just regular ass people who aren't fellow artists? Cause like at the end of the day, fellow artists will support you to an extent, but we're all kind of trying to do the same thing. Like we're all trying to harvest our own fan base to a certain extent. So like when the only people who follow you are fellow artists, it becomes more of a competition than it is like actually gaining any traction. It's like, we're all just running in circles together. Right. Well, I actually, I guess need artist friends because of the, you know, the music podcast. That's probably how I've gotten so many. Um, yeah. And so, and so that really, that kind of does help. And I will say, cause I, I've seen some people complain about the engagement or lately though. Well, there's a, there's a uh, few things on Twitter. Yeah. There's still complaining about engagement tweets. And uh, I mean, I don't think these people listen to my podcast, but it's basically the producer, Josh, something or another, him and the yeah, straight Josh kid. Right. And then Drake is from Oklahoma. And that's the only reason I'm familiar with these people. Cause he, we added each other cause we're both Oklahoma producers, yeah. I guess. And, um, and they had a loop kit and you know, they're all about the engagement and it's working for them. You know, I think they have yeah, the personalities fine. that work for that. Now I don't think like, for instance, I do, you know, maybe I could, uh, find my lane and be a TikTok personality. So that's not necessarily something that interests me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they do their thing. Now I do think, uh, this Josh dude's taking it extreme. Like every day it's like 12 engagement posts. Now I personally don't care. 
Like it, yeah. it doesn't affect me. I just don't respond or whatever, but people are like getting annoyed. And so it's turned this like weird Twitter thing of like engagement pose versus non-engagement pose to I've where made two posts on that topic today alone. So yeah, I was hoping this would kind of get brought up. Uh, yeah. And there's one guy and he's, I think, are you with you a little bit before? And I don't know him. I mean, he followed me a while ago. Um, as well, I don't remember I this. The, I don't know the guy's name. I remember, but he has an opinion on everything music related. And I know I'm kind of an old person in music, but he seemed just like an old dude in music. That I'm like, well, man, I just think you're way behind on some of this shit. I don't of all this. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of Twitter. I like to give Twitter the benefit of the doubt, you know, because there's like a lot of cool people and shit. Um, but it does just seem like. Everyone in general just wants to bitch about something. And that's yeah, just well, like the way I see it with the engagement tweet thing or anything that someone is finding success in. Like one person's success doesn't mean necessarily that you're failing. The only thing that can mean you're failing is if like you're legitimately fucking failing. If someone's having massive success doing some shit that you wouldn't necessarily participate in, that doesn't mean that you personally can't have success doing some other method. Like, the people who get butt hurt when someone else has found a method that works for them, like that energy you're spending complaining about that shit, you could spend doing something that would work for you. I just don't get the hostility on that topic. Right. Well, and I mean, I guess uh, if in the other way, because I'll be honest, there are times I'm also petty, you know, maybe be the right word, where like, Someone unfollowed me because they do people these mass unfollows and then they they deem I'm not worthy to be, you know, they that they're still going to they're not going to follow me anymore. So I will unfollow them. And then, yeah, I'll never like if their shit comes up. I'm like, no, I'm not going to like it because you unfollowed me, you motherfucker. And like, uh, you know, it's kind of like Tech Nine song Fragile. Like, that's always really spoken to me like a whole lot. That song. Whereas in like, I am cool and we're fine. But like, you don't have to be disrespectful. Like. I don't know. And there's certain times that uh, I do take things disrespectfully that probably isn't intended that way. But it's like, I'm just going to lean that way overnight, you know, because that's where I'm at in my life. I've gotten to the point like. We're both in the the same shoes, but for like me personally, I feel like as a 31 year old white rapper from the Midwest. Like, I shouldn't really get offended by anything. Like, if I gave a fuck about what people thought in that regard, I wouldn't be doing this anyways. So I just try to avoid even looking at who's following me. Like, I can't tell you. I know my follower count keeps going up and then it'll go down. Like, I haven't quite hit the 3,500 mark or 45, whatever. I know there's this mark I'm trying to reach. I'll get close and then it'll dip back down. I'll get close. But, like, as far as keeping track of individual people who are following unfollowing i feel like that would just be such a buzzkill to my i don't just such a bad waste of energy on my part and like i said if i really gave a any fuck about what anyone thought anyways i wouldn't be in the position i'm in you know i'm a father of two who just works a regular ass job and then i got this side personality like i'm a fucking superhero behind the scenes or something doing rap music so there's only so serious you can take yourself under those circumstances. Like I'm not making a living doing this by any means. So I don't know. I feel like there's so many other reasons to be insecure about what we do that someone unfollowing us on Twitter should be the least of our concerns. 
I'm more worried about my coworkers judging me because they find out I do music on the side. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I wouldn't tell them that. Um, maybe about the beats, but then again, it could lead to the other stuff. So I probably still wouldn't even tell them about, about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, I take a lot of stuff, maybe not a lot of stuff, but every once in a while, uh, something like that. Uh, if I notice it and really the reason I notice it, and like you're saying, I, I put the energy into it. I down, I have this app that goes into my Twitter and then it tells me everyone who's unfollowed me, uh, who I follow. And so then I'm like, you motherfuckers. And then I unfollow all them. And then I also have a segment of it that tells me all the people who haven't tweeted in the last however many months. And then I'm just like, well, obviously you quit Twitter. So I'm just going to unfollow you as well. And then that's how I manage my Twitter account. And it's really worked pretty well for me. And I don't spend too much time like worried about it. I just notice it's almost always producers that follow and unfollow for me. Um, and then I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, why did you even follow? Um, and then maybe they thought like, well, he's a rapper. I could sell him beats. And they realized I wasn't. And they're like, fuck it. But I don't even think it's that many thought. Right. I think that's just them being like, oh, it's a robot shit. Um, all right. So before I forget, you do have an album coming out. And since we're talking about all this music shit. So when does that come out? So I got a single dropping in association with that album, February 5th. And then the album itself will drop the following Friday, which I believe is February 12th. So math works out. Uh, is the first song the domino song? Yep. Uh, I know I didn't, but it feels like I, I like co-produced it just because of yeah, the way you made you the beat. Bring that up. I feel like I should give you like some sort of percentage on that. Like you didn't necessarily make the beat, but like without you doing the loop challenge, I would have never even attempted to create that beat. Right. Well, and I I know I didn't make the melody, but I think because I I was flipping it as well so much, I'm so familiar with it. That I was like, did yeah, I make that melody? And I'm like, oh no, that's from that fucking Tiger King song. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, and I think I flipped in such a way where, like you obviously know, but I don't feel like the average person, even if they fucking love the Tiger King song. I don't think it would be recognizable with the weird shit that I did to it. Dude, people are fucking sampling Michael Jackson without clearing it. I don't think you got to worry about Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if people go back, uh, we used to do a producer challenge. We've done that for like four or five months in a row. And then we gave up because the the participation was falling. And uh, one of those, I think it was the second one, we flipped a Tiger King song. And uh, the so the beat you made up for that podcast and then it's come all the way around to where it's going to have a feature from Lil B and we can totally talk about Lil B. I'm sure again, he won't listen to this podcast either. Uh, we've I'm down for that as well. Uh, we've played him on the music podcast t- two other times because he's been on two songs that have been sent into the podcast before. Um, so been like features of his. Right, right. So one was um, Ascendo. Ascendo. Yeah, Ascendo had one. And you said you read about that on Reddit. That was like Ascendo's claim to fame for a long time. And then uh, another one from a guy named uh, Bro God, who was in a group called Bad Apples. And they were like one of my favorite groups that like were sending us music and they just stopped for whatever reason. But they're really good. And um, that was actually like a good little B verse on that song. And in general, the only thing I knew about him was he blew up in my opinion, whenever he was on a little Wayne song, uh, he got a feature on a little Wayne mixtape, which was a big fucking deal. And I remember, cause I was such a little Wayne fan. I was so pissed off about it because he, in my opinion, can't 
he doesn't rap very well, like 90% of the time, probably more. And it's like offbeat and he's just talking. And I was just so mad. I don't know. Like as a, as a young rapper myself, I was like, how the, what the fuck? And then yeah, I, why does he get this big break? Right. And well, like, he was, I don't know if you know this, but there was a song you're about the same age as me. So probably in like your junior year, maybe a little younger, that van song, the pack vans got my fans on, but they look like sneakers. Got my vans on. Well, he was in that group. That was like his initial kind of into the spotlight moment, I guess. Right. Well, I remember looking at uh, videos of his concerts after he has that little Wayne shit. And he like had a fucking like millions of millions of white kids. that seemed like just fucking loved him. You know, maybe not millions, but hundreds in these fucking concert crowds. And it was like he was playing into that like uh, heavy metal punk shit but it was like rap music. And so like, I was like, Oh, okay. He's just doing his own weird shit. Um, but now that I'm on Twitter and, you know, a little more knowledgeable about the, the music stuff, uh, he's kind of famous for the fact he follows like everyone on Twitter. Yeah. I think he's following like 1.4 million people or some shit. Right. So like he'll follow you if you follow him or something. You're, you're a sports fan. So like five Five or six years ago, he had this big thing where he was all over SportsCenter. I know, that he, pissed like, me off too. The, <laughs> like, the most off-the-wall shit that he was just thrown into the spotlight for. Like, they were interviewing him on SportsCenter. He's like, yeah, they'll never win a championship. Or what? Who was it, Durant? He right. put the curse on? Well, he put on Durant, and who played for Oklahoma City, so I was very aware of this. And oh, then... Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was whenever because he was a Golden State Warriors fan, and then the three one thing happens, and then people are like, "Oh, we got to interview Lil B because he his curse is real." And I'm like, "Why are we giving this dude a platform?" Like, I remember being so mad about it. Like, you know, not to hate because again, he's a feature on your song, uh, but that <laughs> no, is get it, can get it for sure. Uh, I remember that is basically uh, before I started this podcast. That was my opinions of him, but he does seem he works with some people in the underground, you know. So he's, I guess, okay. Yeah. Like. So I got a direct message from his official Twitter. It was clearly 100% copied and pasted. So I didn't think anything of it, but I'm like, well, fuck it. Like I'm always looking for weird signs from the universe and shit. I'm like, I'll just respond to this. What's the worst that could happen? So I like shoot off an email and we start going back and forth. I, I thought 100% like his account had been hacked. I was being scammed. So I started Googling shit and I, stumbled upon that Ascendo story on Reddit where like some dude from fucking Europe, like paid Lil B 45 cents for a verse. And I was listening to the song and shit. And it kind of sounded familiar. Cause you've showed me that like six months ago or something completely unrelated to that topic. It was based on a different artist. I think it was on the song, but yeah, without even realizing it, I was reading all about this Ascendo dude and that whole shit. I'm like, Oh, well fuck, maybe this really is Lil B messaging me. I don't know. And it ended up panning out and working out. So then, yeah, when you're like, oh, fuck, I know this Ascendo dude who had a feature for him. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it comes back full circle. I just read a full-on article about this kid. Right. Well, and at least he does real stuff because all these other artists are out there scamming people with mixtapes and shit. So That's what I was afraid of because you and I both follow Minx. Minx has been exposing, like, these big-name dudes for the past, like, six months now. I don't know how close of attention you've paid to her feed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the one that's really doing it now that Minx, I don't know if Minx is like pass it on or just works with them is on Instagram. It's rap.ponzi scheme. And they're like, every day they have a new article about it. And so I've been following them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like for instance, like Benny the Butcher. I don't know who that, that is. Sorry. 
Now, so, like, I don't really know who Benny the Butcher is, but I knew like Brad Sorex had mentioned he likes him and stuff. But now after knowing he scams people, I'm like, fuck that dude. You know, like, but I don't even know their music. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like all of that shit was fresh in my head because I'd been following Minx and like seeing all the people she was exposing, like pretty higher up people like Scott Storage, someone you wouldn't expect to be scamming people. Like he's a pretty, if you're a producer, especially you recognize Scott Storch's name. So I'm like, fuck, if he's out here scamming people, like I'll be the industry honest. is desperate. I wouldn't have trusted Scott Storch because I know he's a fucking cokehead. No telling. Yeah, cokehead went bankrupt. Yeah, he's <laughs> had a wild ass past. But still, you know, like if someone as big as him is falling into that Instagram scam, when Lil B reached out, I'm like, fuck, if Scott Storch isn't above this, like this is for sure a scam. Right. Um, and then real quick, another thing about music before I forget is you haven't made a song for Internet Friends 3, so you should think about that. Yeah, I've actually started writing a little bit to your beat pack. Like, I don't have any anything close to a finished song yet, but like little bits and pieces here and there on pretty much every one of the beats. So whichever one of those I end up finishing first will for sure go on that. That'll work. Um, and I didn't know you could double upload songs um you know like it's told me i can't to you know apple music or whatever when i with this new release i have but uh our homie forgotten one he re-uploaded one of our collabs on his album so maybe it's even possible to double upload it like that but i know i've tried before with someone and it it caught it see i I was under the same impression like because i know i've released singles before and then included them later on my albums but I figured that was simply because it was my song anyways, that that was allowed. I didn't know you could do that with something that was otherwise claimed by somebody. Apple music requires you have it be the exact same artist name and title. And so for instance, yeah. when I accidentally uploaded the smoke break underneath a, of the Mo makes beats and try to reupload it underneath a, of the Mo, it won't because the artist name's different. So I think it just must be that forgotten one who he listens to this podcast. He says, I, I'm assuming he uses a different distributor than us that maybe doesn't even do that check or something you know i don't know possibly it's the only thing i can think of um but or it could be i mean all three of us are in the song on each version like on his album version and on your album version it's still the three artists listed so maybe it does kind of slip through the cracks that way just he's the primary artist instead of the featured artist i don't know how that works right well i i got to do a little fun experiment you know now i'm thinking about it with this album that come or ep that comes out Friday, you know, originally it was three songs on smoke break. And, um, the first song on it, I completely changed the beat. Like the vocals are still the exact same. You know, I didn't move any of that, but I just added some bonkers ass fucking melodies. Cause you know, I make it some weird shit. And then, um, I was like, well, that's fun. The second song, the one with Mikey Lax called gone. All I did was change out, uh, the VSTs. So I had like, a some VST before of some piano. And then I just found what I thought was like a richer sounding one um, in flex, which is like my new favorite plugin thing. And, uh, but it sounds almost identical. Like you wouldn't really know, right? Like, unless you did it, but it's enough that it folds, that it fooled the system. But then whenever I did the exact same thing to the third song, it still thought it was the same song. Like it didn't change it enough. And I was like, that's interesting. So, um, Anyway, I like just kind of seeing what happens because you don't really ever know until you start uploading shit. Yeah, that's wild. The distribution shit, there's a lot of stuff that gets flagged. I don't mean to keep keep this topic going, but last thing on the Lil B subject, whenever I finally submitted that song to distribution on both the single and the album, 
a couple days later, I got an email from DistroKid like, hey, uh, we noticed that the featured artist on your song has the same name as like this established artist. We wanted to make sure like it was a different guy or if it was the same guy, we need him to verify, blah, blah, blah. And Lil B actually uses DistroKid. So I emailed back like kind of annoyed. I'm like, hey, like he uses DistroKid. It's already told me that he accepted the royalty split through his DistroKid account. Like, this should be pretty simple to verify on your guys' part, right? Like, yeah, unfortunately, just for security. Like, if you were a big-name artist, you wouldn't want people ripping you off. Like, uh, if you could just have him get a hold of us, like, DM us on Twitter and just send us the ISRC code to verify that he was actually in the song. So I'm like, fuck, man. That's I'm all worried that he's not even going to email back. Like, damn it, that's the end of this thing. But someone from DistroKid ended up messaging me back. They're like, yeah, he's really good about getting back to us. I'm sure it'll be no problem. And he did, so. I don't know. I just, DistroKid's taking a lot of flack. And I've honestly, for the most part, had decent uh, interaction, you know, in times yeah, with them all. I have any bad experiences with him. But I do feel like that's a thing of uh, something they need to figure out like if someone accepts the team thing for instance like karma who's been on some songs uh you know karma accepts the whatever percentage then it should link to all of her artists pages like it shouldn't accidentally link to another karma yeah yeah exactly and like weird same with brad X. you know like there's i think two different brad X's for whatever like i think they're both him but like there's different pages like one has a space and one does not really fucking remember okay but like i was just saying, someone else came up with that exact same obscure name <laughs> like what are the odds well i think it's like one of those things like you go to distribute it and they're like i don't know if this is the same artist so we'll just make a second page because sometimes yeah, we'll they'll do that be a different guy but like they should know whenever he accepts the email of the percentage like yeah, that for sure that's the that link be a verification alone that there seems to be missing there for whatever reason like i don't even think about it but that happened um you know that's happened with me on some songs where uh you know i only capitalize the a and a to the mo and then the m at the end right but some people will capitalize the t or something and then they'll they'll want to put that on another artist page and it's like i accepted this shit you should just know you should know that's me because it's yeah. fucking a it to the Mo music. <laughs> it might be one of those situations where it's not even on them. It could be on the actual like stores themselves, like Apple, Spotify, whatever. Could be. I wish I knew more how that stuff worked. Well, and then when you go to fix it, you know, on DistroKids thing, I'll be honest, like their form, it sucks. It's like, what's the link of the store it, it was in? What do you want it to be in? And and where is it at? Like, like the way they word it all is like just this should be so fucking easy. It should be like, where is it at now? And where should it be? And that should you be, you know, what the rest of my catalog is because you guys place it there to a certain extent. Right. So, um, try not to hate it on them. I took all my money I made last year and I bought Bitcoin with it. And now I'm just hoping Bitcoin doesn't fucking crash. Like it seems like it's going to, I, yeah, it's been up and down all week. Like it dropped as low as like 30. I'm wanting to say then back up to like 39 creeping at 40 again. He's sitting at like 35, 36 now. I try my best not to look at it frequently just because I'd rather be in it for the long haul. Like, I can sit here and say that I want to put money in it and keep it there for five to 10 years, but I know myself too good to know that that won't happen. But ideally, that would be the strategy. I already told myself my goal. Uh, I bought like half of it in it, like 30 and half of it. Whenever I was like, I don't think it's ever going down at like 35. So I'm somewhere in the middle there. You know, if I ever had a sell to break even, but I was like, I have about $300 here. 
and I could try to buy a new microphone because my microphone's not that good. And I, we can talk about mixing too, because I know I brought that up. Um, and I think a big part of my mixing is my microphone. Like, I think it works very well here for this podcast. You know, it's going to sound so much more crisp than your telephone, you know, sort of sound, but for that's different than like for a song vocals for a song you're recording, you know? And so I do kind of think if I could turn that 300 into like 400, I would take it out and get like one of those shores or whatever, like the cool ones that everyone fucking loves. Um, uh, the SM seven B. Right. Cause I think those, uh, everyone seems to swear by those being the fucking real deal. Um, and I do think sometimes in my mixes, I lose, I don't know if my voice is just so high end, you know, like when I'm rapping more than I necessarily realize. Yeah, I, f- I have that same type of thing. Yeah. But it's like, I do lose some warmth in my voice that when other people are sending me their verses and I mix them and I'm like, man, I mix that really well. But when it's my voice, I'm like, mine doesn't sound that good. And is it just because I have a shitty voice or is it because my microphone is making me would, have a shitty voice? <laughs> I would almost bet on the fact that it's the mic. And we kind of brushed up on this a little bit last time, but the main difference in like the more expensive mics versus the more entry level ones is how much they can take on the volume spectrum. So like, which is why your sounds excellent for podcasting, but then maybe when you're spitting a verse, it's a little more high energy. There's like more output coming out of you into the microphone and like the microphone can't handle it. So the signal it sends to your actual mix isn't going to be a signal that's as close to reality as it could be necessarily. Right. And yeah, like it, those higher end mics are just better. Like some of them have like actual decibel readings that you can look at where it'll tell you like how many decibels they're capable of withstanding before it starts to distort and sound all fucked up. Right. Well, it's like if you get an inch away from your mic and just yell at the top of your lungs, it's going to sound shitty, but there are certain mics out there where you could do that. And like, it would capture it in a more realistic way and not distort. Right. Well, and another part of it is, uh, you know, I never knew how much an audio interface mattered. I've told this story before on the podcast a long time ago, but when I first started this podcast, we had two USB mocks, me and powwow. And, uh, they they recorded different speeds, so it was a pain in the ass. And then yeah, uh, yeah, you had I, to sync it all up, right? And then eventually, I got an audio interface, but I bought a used one online, and it was awesome. All of a sudden, I was like, "Oh shit, I can connect XLR mics," and like it was a whole new world for me. You know, not anything I'd done before. And then uh, once that one, I decided to buy a new one. I realized the first one I got was broke, and there was this hum of this like you know, really high pitch thing in like 15 megahertz or, you know, something fucking, I don't even know what the graph is. And I was having to take it out every time. And I thought it was just picking up something in the room, but it was no, that fucking use the mic itself. No, it was the used audio interface. Yeah. The interface. Yeah. And so then I get this one and I'm like, Oh my God, it all sounds so crisp. And then I go online and they're like, Oh, what I have is actually fucking shit. It's shit compared to the, the good audio interfaces. And then apparently that's like, you can connect a not so great mic to a great audio interface and it all, just, all of a sudden makes it better. You know, it's like there is it's wild. Like so I much through something similar when I first started playing guitar to me, like all guitars kind of sounded the same. Like you fucking pluck the strings. It makes a noise. Cool. It's a guitar. But after playing for like three or four years, when I'd go into guitar center and pick up like the $3,000 Gibson, like just play a simple chord on it. Like, Oh fuck this chord sounds exponentially better on this guitar compared to mine. I can't quite place what it is, but there's a sound quality that's here that mine is definitely lacking. 
I feel like the more you get used to audio interfaces and equipment, all that stuff, it's kind of the same thing. You develop an ear for what you're used to hearing. So then when you hear the upgraded version, you're like, oh, fuck, I've been missing out. Right. Well, I've I, I listened to a lot of random podcasts and uh, I don't remember where I heard this at, but there's these violins that are really, really expensive, like amazingly, oh, amazingly what expensive. Called? Strata. Oh, no. There's some very. Yeah, I know the name of it. It's on right. the tip of my But it, it's something like this. So anyway, they're like so expensive compared to all of their violins. And then, like, I guess if, like, you're a normal person that can't play the violin, you wouldn't be able to tell. You would look at it. You couldn't play necessarily. But, like, someone that actually knows how to play the violin, just touching it, it's like they can just magically play, like, ten times better than before. Like, I don't yeah. know. There's something about them. They're just it, so fucking special. Is various? Maybe something like that. Uh, but I remember, like, reading, I was like, how is that even possible? And if so, how is that not taking over the violin world? How would they just not keep making them to where it would like lower the price but yeah i guess they've kept the secret or some shit but um i don't know people I, that's weird like i said with the guitars like all guitars like made out of wood it's got some strings like how much variation could there be but like you pick up one of the more expensive ones and you're like oh fuck like i completely get why the price is what it is on this right i'm glad i've never gotten into uh hardware you know analog <laughs> equipment yeah uh i yeah. have you know some friends and on the internet that are t- talk about all their fucking synths and their new shit and uh npcs are like and this new little clicky clacky button thing so i can really produce by hitting these little buttons and i'm like okay i guess that's cool but that's expensive as fuck when i can just do the same thing uh with anything i don't know and i get like you know, whatever makes you fucking feel good. You know, I bought this MIDI keyboard that I barely use. I used to use it all the time, but I don't really know how yep. to play the piano. And then now I've just gotten in this real bad habit. I don't think it's a bad habit, but I use MIDI's a lot, you know, and I don't fucking feel any shame about it. You know, a lot of people argue the loops versus no loops thing forever. And I'll be honest, part of me does feel weird using someone's completed loop Unless it's like we're doing a collab together. Like if you sent me a melody, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. fucking fine. We're doing a goddamn collab together. But whenever it's just like a pack of some random, you know, these loops or whatever, I kind of feel odd because that can come back. I do not feel weird if I take a MIDI pack, drop it in, and I'm like, ooh, now what instrument do I think this would be? And, you know, and layer stuff. I still like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're still like, you're still using some artistry there. Um, so what it like the the actual notes are present you just have to pick what instrument is playing those notes yeah basically okay so like for instance um if skinny comes over and i'm like you know like uh i'm really feeling like some slow shit like i love a Rhodes piano you know not that any of them ever sound like a fucking Rhodes piano but they're close to it and so i might drop that shit on a Rhodes piano and then it's it's just always gonna have that you know vibe or whatever i'll probably choose something like f minor or some shit you know that kind of has and then uh i'll i have so many mini packs downloaded that i'll just start drop drag dropping them on and seeing what sounds good at whatever bpm now and that's another thing i fuck around some bpms if it says it's 140 i will never make it at 140 Cause I'm like, well, fuck yeah, that. Yeah. I'm going to do it at 180 or I'm going to do it at 60 not, or not 60, but like maybe 80, you know, something real slow. Um, and I kind of fuck around with it that way. And then I'll layer shit onto it. Um, which yeah. I, so you're like creating a whole thing on top of it. Yeah. And that's really because I just could never, and I only tried for a year. So I know it's not enough time. I just could never get out of a minor or C major. You know, I could never get off the white keys on the MIDI keyboard. Cause I don't, I still don't really know the scales. Um, without me going and putting like a some ghost note guidance you know on my doll or whatever but 
uh, I find that it really does kind of help inspire me and kind of working quickly. um, Another I'm going to recommend a podcast where you can drive around all the time. Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history is so fucking good. Like every episode is amazing. Cannot recommend it enough. But one of his episodes listened to recently, um, not that it's new, I'm just catching up, was about they compared chess to standardized testing in a way. And now I've never been against standardized testing because I'm good at it. You know, so every time people are like, I don't know about this shit. I'm like, come on, guys, just be fucking better at it. You know, like that's always been my attitude because yeah, yeah. I'm I've always been pretty <laughs> good. Um, but I listened to this episode the other day. I was like, oh, my God, they finally explained it all. And it's similar to I think the way I do uh, producing as well is there's like normal chess where you have like 45 minutes each side or whatever. And then there's a uh, blitz chess where each person has a total of five minutes. And then there's bullet chess where each person has a total of one minute. And then the guy who's the best in the world at normal chess uh, him and the guy who's the best in the world at bullet chess, the one minute one, they're about the same, you know, equal to each other in the middle one. But how is the guy who's the best when he has all the time, not the still the same as the best of the guy that has not as much time. And it's like, well, because people's brains work differently. Some people are quick thinkers yeah, and some people have to think through some shit. And it's like, Oh, that is kind of interesting. You know, I never really, you know, and I'm yeah, a, that's wild. I'm like a very quick thinker and I'm very good with just going with my gut. And and I do the same thing producing like I'm like, you know what I think will sound good with this? A fucking bell, but like a fuzzy bell. And then I'll go find, you know, where I think I have it. And I just kind of roll with it. You know, I don't second guess myself. Um, and I'm, I was the same way in standardized tests in high school. Um, I've kind of been obsessed with this actually lately since listening to this episode. Like I'm the same when I I was an art minor in college where I do like some painting and drawing and stuff and some ceramics. I just I wasn't a planner like I I just did it and whatever happened yeah, happened and then that's how I do beats as well like I just do it I'm not gonna like fucking stress about it or whatever I don't know it's hard to explain yeah I definitely get that there's occasionally like I'll get halfway through a beat and I'll have some very particular vision on what I want to do so it does require more strategy but yeah for the most part I'm just doing shit if it sounds good I keep it if it doesn't sound good scrap it and keep going until I have built some sort of production. Right. Well, and I think it takes a lot of time. Like I don't think, and you hear this when people are talking about producing and shit is like, it just takes time. You got to put in the work, but it really does. Like you got to get good with your doll. Uh, You got to be able to move around. Like, you know, when people watch me make beats, they're always like, how the fuck did you know where that was so quick? You know, but it's like, because I do this every day, (laughs) like I'm just on here. Fucking. That's one of the things like, If you just something as simple as knowing how to find what instrument you're looking for, like if you can do that seamlessly, pull it up within 10 seconds, got it dropped in and ready to go versus, all right, fuck, what folder is that in? Clumsily navigating your stuff that you might lose all your creative spark just in the time it takes you to find what it is you're looking for. Right. Well, it's like, uh, that's why I kind of go back to the same sounds a lot lately because, you know, let's say, for instance, yeah. Um, whatever's comfortable is familiar yeah right like maybe i start with that Rhodes piano and it's like all chords so that's kind of like the base of it but i'm like oh you know what's good maybe that 70s fender uh preset to go over you know in the high ends and then i just go to that because i'm used to it and i don't have to spend however long looking for the right instrument because if you the more time you spend looking you like lose the inspiration you know yeah yeah um so that's producer talk uh that or like whatever melody it is in your head like for me i'll have like oh fuck it'd be really cool if like there was 
some strings playing something similar to this. By the time I track down what it is I'm looking for, I might already forget what I was wanting them to even do. Right. Yeah. It happens all the time. Uh, basses in, in producing wise are the one thing I've been, uh, I got real obsessed with bass guitars for a, for a while. Like a lot of the beats I sent you have bass guitars in them because that was part of that phase of my producing and uh, not a real bass guitar, but like a VSC one. And then yeah, I'm man. trying to get back to 808s, but like, cause I know people like them, but for whatever reason, they're just not my shit at the moment. You know, like it's so hard for me to, I, w- I need to, that's one thing I want to be better at, but I, fucking it's like a foreign language to me i don't know why the concept is so simple behind them because like one thing that is lacking in all my beats is that low-end bass that kind of has a little more life to it than my typical bass anytime i hear someone else's beat typically the thing that stands out to me the most between theirs compared to mine is like their bass is a little more dynamic and just more interesting Right. I, I know my bass is always too loud um, on mine. Like I haven't figured out how to get that mix where it like punches, but still isn't loud. You know, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, so I kind of just probably go a little too loud on things. Um, but any of my friends that have systems or like, you know, not even friends like I see all the time of people like I knew in high school. They'll be like, hey, man, I listen to your beats on my system when they fucking knock, you know, like so they all appreciate it. Uh, but yeah. for the average person, you know, they don't necessarily probably care pay it or even pay attention you know for my mixes i've been really trying to work on just turning up my vocals i know that's a weird thing because people will be like well that's obvious but almost f- across the board one thing i always get told is my vocals aren't loud enough because i'm like i think it's it- hard when you're mixing your own it's tough because you feel i don't want to I, I don't know it's almost like you don't want to take the center stage for some reason like you're trying to be modest in a way because i find myself turning my shit down like oh i don't want to act like i'm so obsessed with myself where all you can hear is me but then if you listen to most established songs and well mixed songs on the radio like the vocals are the center of attention right it's something so internet friends three the only difference i'm trying mixing wise from my other ones is i'm really trying to pay attention to that um but in general i am trying to mix it the same to kind of match the internet friends too you know or whatever like i know it'll be better because i've learned more um but it's like, well, I don't want, I don't know if I want to do too many crazy things, you know, like let's, yeah. let's kind of keep it. Cause it's also hard when you're going to, when you're mixing so many other people's verses and you're like, it's all going to be on the same album. We need it to kind of mesh together. Um, and yeah, yeah. A, a big secret I use and people kind of hate it. And some people love it. Like Brad Sorex always thinks it's cool. Uh, some other people are like, I don't know why he did that, but I'll just add like distortion a lot of times on people's, ver- especially if it's someone that doesn't have a very good microphone. Um, I'm like, we're yeah, gonna- you can use their low quality to like purposely make it sound that way. Right. And you're like, well, we should add a little bit more grit to it. And it kind of, it'll make up for the lack of volume, you know, in some spots. Yeah. So, uh, and then I'll do it to mine too. Like, let's match that shit up. But some people are like, I don't know about that distortion. What I want to be like, I have to, if not the verses, yeah, your thin. shit will sound so much different than mine. Yeah. Right. But e- egos, you know, fragile. Like I, again, I try to keep that shit in mind. Uh, because I, like I said, I'm kind of petty and fragile, but when people ask me for my feedback, I'm like, do you want real feedback? Cause I'll, I would give you, I, I can give people feedback into like what I would write down. Cause what I do when I, I make uh, an album or an EP or whatever is I burn a CD, I go out in my car and listen to it and I make notes about it. 
and I just make notes about every song and then I come back in and I look at my notes and then I try to fix those notes. So like if someone asked me like, hey, give me real feedback, you know, before like their songs are uploaded or anything, I can do that. But almost every time I've done that for someone, I get met with a lot of resistance, you know, like, well, yeah. actually, and I'm Dude, like, I, I don't know how you do it, honestly, because I'm the little feedback I've got when trying to collab with people is frustrating as shit. So for you to do entire albums of nothing but collabs, I'm sure you get a lot of weird requests from the other artists you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, and I always get nervous cause I don't know who listens to the podcast, but I can only be real, you know, yeah. be myself, but like someone yeah. recently uh, sent a verse or a song and they chose probably the beat. I liked the least, you know, out of the whole folder, the one I would have not, I yeah. shouldn't even put in the folder. I just did it. Cause I was like, no one will choose this one anyway. And someone did. <laughs> and then, uh, and that happens. And then they did their verse and it's okay. You know, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's, it's whatever, you know, it's, it's a whatever verse is a, kind of my take on it, I guess. And then I did a verse that also isn't great because I wasn't super motivated. You know, the beat wasn't, again, like I said, my favorite, but I, I did it, you know, and I was like, and there's even some cool lines in there. And I send it off to him like I do every person I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? And they send back this whole like, yeah, it's OK. You could change it up here and there and do this and that. And I'm like, listen, my shit's like and maybe again, I'm biased, but I think like mine was kind of like way better. Like, so I don't need this feedback from you. <laughs> like, you know, and I kind of get an attitude in my head. I didn't say it to the person, but like, uh, I would never tell. So some- I do think if someone's of a certain level, I'm not going to tell them something sounds. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be nitpicky <clears throat> because I'm like, you know, that might be your artistic, you know, vision or some shit, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I went through, I went through a similar thing on this recent album. One of the songs on there that ended up being a solo song was supposed to be a collaboration. The individual I was collaborating with had a lot of their own ideas on how it should sound. And what sucked is a lot of the ideas this person was pitching wasn't necessarily related to me being bad at mixing. It was related to them giving me a low quality recording. So we're both just kind of walking this thin line. I didn't want to insult them they were kind of insulting me at one point. They just told me I should pay. I think they said they found someone that could professionally mix their vocals for $250. At which point I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. Like I'm just going to have to pull the plug. We're just having creative differences. But at the end of the day, it was frustrating because I know as someone who does mix this stuff, that it was just a bad recording on their end. And there was only so much I could do to salvage that. But in their mind, if they sent it to a professional mixer, it would sound better. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. We just got to pull the plug. I'll just write my own hook. Well, when you give someone $250, I think the placebo effect is at least going to have you convinced that what you get back is better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, it better be, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, for fucking sure. <laughs> and yeah, they offer like, well, I mean, we could split it. I'm like, no, listen, I do all this shit myself. Like I produce my own stuff for this purpose. I market my own stuff for this purpose. I'm not going to drop some retarded amount of money just because you aren't satisfied when I think it sounds good how it is. So I'm like, fuck it. Like it was cool to almost work with you, I guess, but Uh, people's egos, you know, like, yo, 100%. That's just all there is to it. Uh, you know, like we, we've worked with some people, you know, through like different collabs and shit that we'll share stories. And it's just always like, where, what are they thinking? Like there's one kid, I don't remember his name. And I don't know, like to me, all the streams seem fake. And 
I don't know. Yeah. It just, and then they like try yeah. to like lecture you about some shit. And you're like, you bought fake streams. Like, listen to Bro, your I'm audio. Be quality. Honest, I kept waiting. If it's the person I'm thinking of, I kept waiting for that song, that particular song to get yanked down when Spotify was on their big removal streak a couple weeks ago. I fucking knew that particular song would be one of them that was gone and somehow it wasn't. Yeah, none none of mine have been taken. I've been uh I was nervous, you know, because when I put out some of these collab albums, uh I don't know how people fucking promote shit. <laughs> so I was like, hopefully, yeah, uh someone didn't pay for one of the songs to get on something that gets caught or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um but all right, man, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Uh, I don't really have too much. I mean, we got to real on the music shit, which I've all it's easy for me to talk about the music stuff because. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what I think about all all the time. And I think it's really hindered, honestly, my podcast a little bit uh, because I don't. I don't think about like current events as much as I use or whatever else I normally talked about. Or I used to just like have a thought. I'm like, let me write that down. But typically yeah. and it's hard to explain to people like normally like a beat or a song or a verse I did is like in my head all the time lately. And I, I just yeah. can't help it. And, uh, I try to focus, but it's just like, it's a, it's obsessive at the moment. Well, it's one of those things like when we're going back and forth, it just all kind of comes together organically. And like the topics kind of piggyback into other topics. And before you know it, like an hour, so many minutes has went by and like, we didn't even cover any of the shit we were talking about on through DMs. <laughs> right. But also the conversation was still interesting. So I feel like you don't always have to force the topics. Like sometimes just the organic approach works. Right. I will say the only thing I was else is gonna bring up is I think uh the thing I do like about us politically, you know, to switch to that real quick, is we're both kind of in this whole like we think both sides are ridiculous. And oh yeah. I uh, you know we live in the Bible Belt uh, in Trump country, if you will. And uh-huh. so the majority of people I know are very Trump loving type of conservatives. Uh, you know, that's where people live around here. And I'm sure where you're at. But I seem to take the most crap for my libertarian because I always vote libertarian uh, or I had the last two elections. I take crap for voting libertarian and for not being like super democratic because I feel like I am liberal. I really do. You know, in the most part, I'm just not. I'm not down with the fucking how crazy liberal it's gotten, you know, not even that I'm down. I'm just like, how can you not extremism? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Like I tend to lean slightly more liberal than conservative, but I feel like the goalposts have been placed so far on each direction that I can't even claim either side without being a fucking extremist. Right. Well, and I won't even say it's like, uh, like people can be extreme, in the party right like if someone's like a crazy liberal and they have crazy ideas that's fine but it's like if you uh like all right minimum wage is a big deal right now you know and i don't really have like a whole lot of thought about it but you know you have to think everyone deserves 15 dollars minimum wage if you're on the democratic side or you're evil or whatever right? like and i'm like what <laughs> like there's like option like you could have a legitimate argument of like yeah, well yeah um don't have a chair of like uh just the the tide raises all boats like that's just all to me like and i'm no fucking genius uh you know i have like a math degree so i know a little bit about numbers 
I just think uh, it just raised everything just gonna be more expensive because, you know, like McDonald's who made like a fucking however many billions of dollars last year. Their yeah, goal yeah. is to make at least one dollar more than they made the year before. And they're never going to not think that they're not going to be like, oh, well, we yeah, got the money extra to employees. We'll just give it to the like. And yes, maybe that means the yeah, fucking yeah. problem is the corporations and insist. But either way. We're, it's like we're putting fucking band-aids on shit you know like yeah well it's fucked on that regard like because yeah you could make the argument that raising the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour is the ethical approach and it would be pretty easy to convince someone that that's ethical but then you got the guy who's making 1550 per hour right now who thinks he's got a badass job one of my buddies like in missouri the minimum wage increased i think it's like a four-year process to get it to where the number is supposed to be, but I think it was supposed to jump up to like 12 something. Whereas it was sitting closer to eight or nine. One of my buddies was making 13 bucks an hour. So he's like, I mean, I'm, I'm not killing it by any means, but it's a decent job. Like I'm nowhere near minimum wage. Like I'm doing pretty all right. You know? And he's like, well, fuck now the minimum wage is a dollar less than I'm making and I'm not getting a raise. So like suddenly my job that was semi decent is now just mediocre at best. And I'm just stuck in this weird position. So like you think you're doing a good thing, like everyone else is making more money, but then the people who are making slightly over, they don't get any sort of reward out of it. Right. Well, and uh, to me, it's one of those things of like, it's kind of the people that just paid off their student loans, you know, and they're like, well, how dare you forgive other people's student loans? And it's like, well, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's fucked. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't have shit to do with you. But then again, I get why you're mad. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, I get it. It's a tough one. Now, that's the problem. There's a lot of gray area in almost every one of these issues. There's gray area that's rarely discussed. And like both of those are solid examples of that gray area where neither side would even hit those topics. I don't think. Right. Well, and to me, like, for instance, the student loan thing, uh, as someone who has some student loan debt, uh, if Joe Biden came out tomorrow and was like, we're forgiving you know, $20,000 of student loan or whatever, I'd be like, fuck yeah. But now I would justify my head as like, at least it's going to me and other needy people as opposed to fucking war. You know, I would say whatever to make me feel good. Um, And then same way if they use it for some other shit that didn't affect, you know, the other side would be like, well, at least it's used for healthcare, you know, whatever, you know, like, like I never go to the doctor ever. Like it's just something I rarely do. I need to, I have plenty of things wrong with me, but I don't ever do it. And I have insurance now. So it's like yep, if I same. had to start paying more money, do I have to go like would I start going to the doctor m- more to like make use of it? And like my mom is a nurse. Uh, she became a nurse once I was in college and she was like the people who go all the time are people with we have this thing in Oklahoma called Sooner Care. I'm sure you have something similar. It's kind of like uh, like a poor people health care. Not to be too mean about it, but like if you have children yeah, yeah. and you're like with below some certain bracket, you get this stuff. My mom's like, these people will bring their kid in for like a runny nose. She's like, you know, but like the she's like, and that becomes a burden on the system, but they don't have to pay yeah. for it. So it doesn't matter, you know? And so it's like, there are, there are other things in effect. If you started doing like a universal healthcare system where you're like, you have the doctors for all that. Cause guess what? People are going to start coming more that don't come now. Like, God, it's there's always more to everything politically, but everything is so black and white. And so and, you know, again, I think racism is bad. So you're not going to get me like saying like, oh, there's gray areas there. Um, But there are times where like 
I'm like, listen, I know I'm like super cool when it comes to race. So if I have to get on the internet and someone tells me I'm just inherently racist because of X, Y, and Z, I might get a little yeah, bit defensive I, about it. it. You know, like I agree 100% because <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I'm racist whatsoever, but people on extreme ends of either spectrum might tell you otherwise. And it's like, how are you going to tell me that you know me better than I know myself? Right. And like you said, from either side, like, cause that's true. Some people be like, you just don't like white people. And I'm like, uh, no, (laughs) it has nothing to do with it. Like I literally don't even, and, and people say, if you don't, if you say you don't think about race, that's also racist because people don't have that, you know, minorities don't have that privilege that's your privilege as a white man and not think about it. But that like, I don't, make my decisions based on people's race. I don't fucking walk around. I'm like, I'm going to shop at this store because the, the workers are of a certain rate. Like it just <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. affect me uh, as far as like how I personally make decisions. But then if you said that people are like racist and you're like, what? Like that's literally the opposite of what I'm saying. So yeah, just the world, man. Like <laughs> I, I'm just can't it's wait. Madness, dude. It's fucking, you cannot keep up with it. I as much as I try to stay out of it, I still get sucked in just because some of the ideas are so absurd that I can't help but just. I think I made the comment to you a few days ago, like if I were religious, I would pray for a meteor because we're just so fucked so far from any sort of solutions. Well, the the latest thing I've seen is some Bible verse talks about the last trumpets and now people are talking about how. Oh, uh, yeah. People were lo- people were talking about that like a year ago. The QAnon folks were especially yeah. big on the last trumpets. And so it's like, oh, that's because God's coming back after they after Trump leaves office. And it's like, OK. All right. <laughs> I also heard in my small town back in 2009 or so that Obama was the Antichrist. So oh, heard that a lot. I'm not holding my breath on any prophecies. Right. Honestly, the Obama thing, and I've gotten arguments with people online, they're like, that never happened. That's bullshit. Every president had this. But like, I got in an argument with my grandparents who watched nothing but Fox News that Obama was secretly part of the Muslim Brotherhood and he was about to enact Shiite <laughs> law or some shit. And yeah, I've gotten yeah. an argument like, I mean, it changed like a whole the whole respect dynamic between me and my grandparents where I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Like, you listen to you. Like, yeah. he's been president for years and hasn't done anything like why would he wait yeah. until the last year of his president? Like, how would just get like so fucking and like the, upset. R- the racist undertones from people in my small town? They're like Barack Hussein Obama. Hussein, are you kidding me? Hussein, like dude, that's just he didn't pick his fucking name, right? Like that sounds so racist of you to say just because his middle name is what it is that what he's a terrorist because he sounds like he could be in a fucking. 1980s action movie i couldn't get over like even if he was born in another country and i don't think he was like he was born in hawaii but let's say he was and he moved here when he was three years old you see him he's clearly american he talks like an american yeah, yeah. he's racer like even if he was born fucking on the moon like he seems yeah. american to me just like you know i've i had friends i grew up with that were uh, mexican that like uh some of the siblings were born in mexico and some were born in america you know but they were all American to me because guess what? We went to school together. Like, I don't know. I just, it's such a weird concept that like where you popped out of your mother geographically just automatically disqualifies you from a position that you might otherwise be qualified for. 
yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, uh, so I liked Obama, but I still I can never not mention without saying he didn't really do much. And it he is what changed my view on what the president can accomplish. You know, that was my wake up call. Maybe because I was yeah, a young I feel adult. Like it's a fucked system. Like I know Rogan has talked about this to no end, but like I feel like what you anticipate you'll be able to do is almost immediately shattered when you take office and you realize all the shit that's been going on behind the scenes and all the things that you didn't have previous knowledge of that you're suddenly informed of when you take office, you're like, well, fuck, like this is actually way worse than I thought. I'm hopeless. I'm just going to try to hold the fort down. Right. Well, if you let go of the Make information, sure this old ship doesn't go down in the ocean. Yeah. If you let go of the information, you might get people storming the Capitol or whatever. Um, and real quick before we, yeah. before we end, I do have to bring that up because I just can't get over, um, I can't get over this whole idea because it's come out now that they're now like, no, for sure it was pre-planned and they were going to attack congressmen. Now, maybe the FBI comes out with some shit like that. But I just, again, like Trump just gave a fucking speech. Like Trump yeah, did not Trump know what they were like. He didn't know what they were going to yeah. do. Like, I think it's so crazy that people are acting like he fucking knew what they were going to go in there and kill from people. What, Trump was behind what it. I've gathered from what I've gathered, he made some comment to the effect of like, if you guys are unhappy about this, like, don't tell me, like, tell the Capitol, like, take your frustrations there, which could be interpreted as like, hey, protest there. Like, they're the ones who make the decisions, which is seems like a pretty reasonable thing to ask of people. Like, he didn't blatantly tell them, like, hey, fucking kick the doors and burn it down if you have to. Right. Now, you know, I said this in the last one with Snappy. Again, all the people that did that shit and broke the law should get in trouble. But I do think, oh, yeah, in yeah. general, those people were going to, quote unquote, protest. And I think you could tell once they got in and they didn't know what to fucking do. And they were staying in the red ropes. and They were looking at their art galleries and shit that they were like, OK, we're inside. Now what? But yeah, of course, there were a handful of guys that uh, got out of hand and again, should totally be arrested but for people to act like there was was some organization attempting to overthrow the government i think is ludicrous and that's where we're talking earlier that that makes it hard for me to be on the democrat side because if i go online and all my friends that are democrats are like if you don't if you don't believe this story and you don't go with this way we're preaching it then fuck you you know like that seems to be the attitude so that's what turns you off i'm in i'm in a unique position right now because i know someone personally who made a special trip from Missouri to DC to go to the Trump rally. And he ended up being in the same fucking group of people who actually entered the Capitol. So I have like firsthand information from him where like they didn't kick down the doors. Like the media would make it seem like they were at the doors. They were let in. Yeah. It looked he like said, cops opened the doors. From, from what I saw. Yeah. From what he gathered 90% or more of the people that were with him in his general vicinity we're staying inside the red barriers. They're basically just taking a massive fucking tour of the Capitol. Now, say there was a thousand people who entered that building in any group of a thousand people, there's going to be at least 10 or 20 of them who are just dipshits. Like just basic human statistic tells you if there's 10,000 people, a thousand people, a certain percentage of them are just going to be morons. They're going to fuck it up for everyone. That's how humans operate. And I've, feel like that's what happened here i know i probably sound like a massive trump supporter even by saying that but from an objective lens knowing someone personally who was there and who told me their account of what happened everything i've gathered is that the majority of people were just kind of like you said they were like well fuck we're here we're in the building like now what i guess we just kind of walk around and chill 
Right. Well, and then you have morons who do break the windows and do fucking break people's desks and do destructive shit. And then it makes the entire group look bad. I mean, I've lately, you said you feel like you're probably come off as a Trump supporter. I, I'm a big not Trump supporter. And the last few weeks, I, every fucking week, I'm defending him for some fucking reason. Because um, I think well, that's, that's just how I'm the world. I'm not a supporter, but like I do, I sit in the middle enough to like know if I should defend someone who I feel like is getting the bad end of the deal, well, so to speak. I'm getting annoyed. Uh, not annoyed, but like they're, it's like they're impeaching him for whatever reason or out with uh, no days left. And they're saying it's for inciting violence and stuff. And then there's these videos coming out and I get that conservatives put these videos together. So they're going to be edited in a way that makes it gets a rise out yeah, of you. Yeah. But it's Biased. like, uh, but it's like all the, these Democrats over the last four years telling people to go be violent, to destroy stuff, to do these <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and now those are the same people that are like, now you can't be doing that. And now again, I think the black lives matter protests were definitely about something more substantial and actual well, evidence yeah, like of horrible things. Was way more important. Well, and it's, it's like a real thing. Like, I don't, think trump won i don't think fraud was a thing but uh so i get that thing but like i do think it's weird for people to be like well protesting is the way to let your voice be heard unless it's some shit we don't want to hear then don't protest and it's exactly. like it's like that for both sides and so it just uh like we're saying me and you feel our, we feel we're in the middle because we get so annoyed uh at both sides and then we normally DM each other of like, you see some dumb shit. Like I kind of get annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know near enough about this, but I listen to a lot of video game podcasts and I'm excited about this Harry Potter game. It just got pushed back another year, like till 2022. My wife loves Harry Potter and it's a Harry Potter RPG. And I was like, we can play it and you can fucking watch me and you know, it'll be a great time. But everyone gives it shit because JK Rowling, they say hates trans people. Now the first quotes i saw her say were like i she just thinks there should be a difference between like someone that was born a woman and then someone yeah. who who became a woman i don't know how the fuck to word her. you know yeah, i'm not yeah. trying to be offensive but uh to me that was more or less the gist of her thing but it's taken by people in this generation under us of like no she hates trans people and we can't yeah, support harry potter I, <laughs> i'm like oh what? so before i get crucified from anyone who listens to this i will say i've kept up with this at an absolute bare fucking minimum but from what I did keep up with, I didn't feel that she said anything too extreme. Like one of her tweets is like, it was something to the effect of, oh, when I was younger, they had a name for someone who had a menstruation cycle. I think it was women. Yeah, that's exactly so like, what it okay, was. Okay, I get, I get what you're saying. Like, that makes sense. Like, if you have a menstruation cycle, you're a fucking woman. If you, like, claim to be a woman or you're trans, I don't know the correct terminology, but... If you decide later on you're a woman, that's just a different thing. Well, I don't think and she I, said I only like that should be common sense. She didn't say uh, you had to have a menstruation cycle to be called a woman. She, I thought she was making a joke, right? And so people were like, what about yeah, women yeah. that went through menopause? And you're like, fucking, oh my God, could people make a joke? Like, that's how I took it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, we both listen to, like, the Rogan podcast. Honestly, I barely do on Spotify. I think it was a horrible choice. I never go on there to fucking listen to podcasts because their podcast service sucks. But... um you know, Rogan, everyone will say he hates trans people because he said on his podcast, he doesn't think someone who was born a man and then at like 30 to fight women yeah. who then at 32 becomes a female should then be able to fight women because he had 32 years of male hormones to get denser bones to bigger muscles like he's saying all yeah. scientific shit and people are like you fucking hate trans people and that's what I'm like. Yeah, and then that's what? all of his arguments seem like something we should all be able to get behind pretty confidently like 
he's not saying anything too off the wall with any of those statements. But it's just the world we're in. Like, again, I'm not trying to pick on this. Dude. Like, I think everyone, uh, I think it, I think if you are that, that way and you have to live that life, I think there is a lot of difficulties that come with that. I just think, Oh yeah. I think it's the, I think it's the like woke white people is how I would word it. They get shit worked up, you know, like I don't think anyone was mad about Cleveland Brown being voiced by a white guy. But then that guy had a fucking bounce out because woke white Twitter was like, Hey, now, Cleveland Brown's black on Family Guy. He needs to be voiced by a black dude. And it's like, well, uh, okay. <laughs> it's just weird. It's weird what people get worked up about. One trend I seem to notice is like, like on the topic of trans issues, I feel like most of the people being most violent in opposition or in favor of trans issues aren't a part of that group, which annoys the shit out of me. Like the people who are diehard, like, no, that's not right to, I haven't seen a ton of actual members of the trans community be as as violent with their beliefs as the people who, like you said, are just like woke white people or college age kids who think they're doing the right thing, but might be speaking for a group of people that doesn't necessarily want to be spoken for, or at least in that way. Right. I mean, my only real experience is I watched the TV show Transparent, which I thought was very good uh, with the dude from arrested development. I can't remember his name. Uh, anyway, I would say if y'all have Amazon prime, watch transparent. It's pretty good. And it, will, yeah. it, it gives you a good, like I, I personally think you can learn a lot from TV shows, movies, video games, books, you know, any story of someone else's perspective. I think that for me yeah. goes a long way as opposed to like just hearing someone bitch about something on the internet. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like, that's one of those other issues where I do feel like I lean more left because I try to be empathic and like I do try to see shit from other people's eyes. Like a lot of the liberal ideas I agree with, like fucking trans people should get married. Gay people should get married. Like minorities should have the same rights as everyone. Like these are all things that seem like common sense to most people. I would feel like. Right. But I think just recently uh, some something got rolled back to where gay couples and adopting they can be uh, discriminated against by adoption agencies. Something just happened with this last week. So we say it's like so common sense, but there are old fucks out there fighting it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I get it sucks. And that's a weird one. Cause like, I don't know what they expect. Like, do they think if two gay people raise a child, they're just going to brainwash it into being gay. Cause I feel like that's I've not been how straight made. my whole life. <laughs> I've been straight my whole life. I don't think, there's any set of circumstances they could have like tricked me into being gay, you know? Uh, I think I don't feel I don't feel like it works like that. Right, right. I mean, I think people are born, you know. I don't think they're they're making choices to be gay. Now, I think there's some yeah, people that are bi that are bisexual that I guess they could theoretically make some sort of choice. Because, well, because if that were the case, then it would be impossible for a straight set of parents to have a gay child. Right, right. If that logic added up. Yeah, because like, well, what the fuck? We were setting a straight example for you. Why aren't you doing what we do? Was like, oh, it's almost like it doesn't work like that. However, you operate is how you operate, and outside forces can't necessarily change that. Uh, For whatever reason, I've always been kind of interested um, in like not why there's gay people, but I guess that's kind of it. From like a scientific 
perspective, you know, because our scientific goal, you know, would be to breed or whatever, but we're, yeah, yeah, we are overpopulated. There's all these children that don't have parents like, and I, part of me is like, well, is, are people, uh, born gay because of some sort of, um, humans connect with biology? Well, like our human, like just Almost like there's no longer a need to breed. Right. Right. We don't have to do it as much. So like if yeah. you could take out a certain percentage of the population that aren't breeding, that'll help for the longevity of humans. Like there was this yeah. thing in China, whenever they just, you know, everyone had one kid, uh, at the first wave of that, everyone wanted a boy, but then 20 years later, all of a sudden everyone wanted girls because boys were so popular and there weren't very many women. And then the gay population of China, from what I understand, rose exponentially, but it's like they outnumbered women 10 to one. Of course it did. Like what else was going to happen? It would only make sense. But like that kind of goes against the, like you're born this way or whatever, because I mean, I guess you are, but it's like your environment kind of contributed. Yeah. Almost by default, you have to resort to that based on, Right. Supply and demand for lack of a better term. And there's there's other cultures that have more men than women. And it's very common for like two there to be two husbands that share a wife, you know, or vice versa. There's some cultures that there's so many more women than men that they pair up that way. And like I'm always like, that's I don't know, it's pretty interesting how different cultures I love hearing shit like that. Human beings are so fascinating and just psychology in general is so fascinating to me, just how the mind works the way that it does and the cause and effect relationships of stuff like what you're just talking about. Right. I always preferred sociology to psychology. Uh, when I took psychology in college, I was like, oh, this shit sucks. And then I took sociology the next semester and I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I like. <laughs> well, I mean, almost the same thing. Like, whereas comparing individuals to groups of people to a certain extent. Right. Like, I, I like taking sociology because it would be like, well, why did this group of people do this? And it's like, oh, this was actually... Uh, kind of like Japanese people and tentacles, you know, like uh, we'll end on this because it's a good one. Uh, Japanese people and their <laughs> tentacle porn. The whole reason that exists to oh, my Christ. to my understanding is because after World War Two, you know, they had to make a deal with us that they wouldn't have an army or military. And uh, we left some general in charge there to help them rebuild the Japanese country. And what, he was super religious, super Christian, and he outlawed pornography to where they could not show images of penetration of a penis into a vagina. That's why all Japanese porn you may have looked up, you know, in high school or yeah, whatever grayed out is all blurry, blurry and shit is because that's like against the rules. Now, recently, I think that has been um, changed like fairly recently, but the there was no rules against anime girls getting tentacles put into them because that wasn't a penis, you know? So like that was a way for them to get around these laws that were put in place to make them less perverted. But by a lot of people's standards actually made them more perverted. You know, like a lot of people would <laughs> yeah, think yeah. like the tentacle porn's a little crazy. So, so I just think I just think that shit's interesting. Um, but yeah, most people are like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I find myself always thinking about the most obscure shit like that, that the average person would not even put a second thought into. And that's why I listen to podcasts. Um, all right. My last podcast 100%. recommendation, if you don't listen to it, is Tim Dillon podcast or the Tim Dillon show. Uh, he's been oh, on Joe Rogan a lot. His podcast is so funny. It comes out on Sundays and I listen to it and it's like everything I wish I could be on my podcast. He's like a gay New York version of me. Like we even kind of look similar uh, in, in a certain light. 
and like he just gets on there and rants about shit and it's always so funny and so like satirical like it's just so good like yeah i can't in a similar similar style to him uh, are you a fan of andrew schultz at all uh, I'm familiar with him. I've heard him on other people's stuff. Bro, you but should. I haven't heard. You should his. dive into him. Like his opinions on shit are perfect. Like he, it's kind of has that unfiltered approach Tim Dillon has, where like everything he's saying is completely coherent and logical. You can tell he's thought everything through. But to the average person, it might sound super fucking offensive. But as you hear him explain himself, it's like fuck. Like you kind of sound like an asshole, but everything you're saying is spot on. So. Right. And he like, has, I get it. He has a Netflix show now, right? I believe Andrew Schultz. I'll have to check it out. Um, but all right, man, we've been talking forever, you know, and that means I'll have to mix fucking shit longer. That's how it goes. But uh, everyone, uh, you know, check out CJ shit in February, and then you're going to work on an EP uh, with some of my beats, possibly. So also, we got to look out for that. Yeah, hopefully before my album drops, I'll have a few songs complete. That's the game plan. I've got like three weeks now, so. Well, hell yeah, man. All right. And if your podcast ever comes back to life, uh, I'll let people know. Still on the bucket list. All right, anyway, man, good talking to you. I appreciate it. Peace. And the real way to do it is you got to write down what you want. Let's go. go after it. Hey, yo, dominoes, knock them down and lock it low. Conquer every obstacle because nothing is impossible. Dominoes, time to go. I ain't trying to I've been trying to touch the sun I fell below the surface Water filled inside my lungs My flash of light Got me looking back on all my life Surprised to find that everything I wanted Was all left behind Wait, this is my second coming Maybe it's a resurrection I'm just trying to spread these wings Before I get to heaven Life's a blessing Trying to take in every single second Spread my wings and fly beyond the ceiling Shatter misconceptions Got a lot of questions Never get a lot of facts Through a couple pennies in the well I'm never getting back But I stay strong Patient as the days long Knowing I should travel long Gotta pay my way home Yeah, gotta pay my way home Hey yo, dominoes Knock them down and lock it low Conquer every obstacle Cause nothing is impossible Dominoes, time to go I ain't trying to Obstacles, anything in your face. I got so much love. Come here, let me get a hug. You are amazing. Listening to this, I know Lil B, the bass guy, never been foolish. Just smile because you were great. I'm talking to you right there. I can see it in your face. You are amazing. And just smile. No more sad faces. I love you. Dominoes, knock them down and lock it low Conquer every obstacle, cause nothing is impossible Dominoes, time to go, I ain't trying to wait I'm just trying to break the cage so I can fly away Break the cage, break the mold, cut this ball and chain Free my soul, free my mind, freedom is to step away I've been taking steps today, failure ain't a bottom May I know I've got a long and winding road I can find a way, not tomorrow, time is now Gotta leave a legacy, they say the legends never die Hope that they remember me Life is dominoes, a chain of events I'm flying like a butterfly, writing lines down to cause and effect Hey 
here Dominoes, knock em down and lock it low Conquer every obstacle, cause nothing is impossible Dominoes, time to go, I ain't trying to wait I'm just trying to break the cage so I can fly away What's really important to you? Cause you don't have forever Right, so what is important to you? Cause you only have 24 hours in a day, so what's important to you? Find out what that is and do more of that